then I look up at Kelly with, I couldn't talk, couldn't breathe hardly at all. And I look mm-hmm. at her, shake my head. And she goes, I know, I know she knew I was dying. And she goes, I know, I want you to know you're God's man. You're a good husband. And you're a great dad. And I'm like, did you just say that? And I uh, literally breathed my last breath. Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Miles. The Building Excellence Podcast is all about sharing inspiring stories from some of the most successful athletes, coaches, business minds, and thought leaders to help you build excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. We hope this show provides you with tremendous value. And if you find the show impactful, please share with a friend and on social media, as well as subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks, now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Jeremy Kubitschek is a powerful communicator, serial entrepreneur, and content builder. He creates content used by some of the largest companies around the globe found in the books he has authored, The 100X Leader, The Five Voices, Five Gears, and the national bestseller, Making Your Leadership Come Alive. His new book, The Peace Index, just released. Jeremy is the co-founder of Giant, a company that certifies coaches and consultants that serve companies and their employees. Jeremy has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. In the show, Jeremy shares about his newest book, The Peace Index, where he dives into the five-part framework of conquering chaos and finding fulfillment, along with so many other great principles. To buy the book, as well as other great tools, check out thepeaceindexbook.com, jeremykubacek.com, as well as giantworldwide.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Everyone, welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Jeremy Kubacek. Thanks so much for being here, Jeremy. So good to be with you, Bailey. Fired up for our time. Yeah. Well, if you wouldn't mind, kind of give our listeners some background into you and your story and what life was like growing up for you. Well, you want to know the background right now? Uh, my yeah. background right now is I'm in, in the uh, University yeah. of Oklahoma football stadium um, doing a podcast, uh, it, which I'm super excited to be with you today. Uh-huh. But I needed to find a, I needed to find a location, and this was the best location uh, for my, for my day today with the football team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So my, the question is background. I'm, I'm from, uh, my, yeah, my great grandparents moved from Prague, Czechoslovakia to Prague, Oklahoma. Okay. So I grew up in this farm family in Ekintuski, Oklahoma, which most people would never know where that is. <laughs> and it's in between Shawnee and Prague. And so I ended up growing, uh, going to OBU, graduated from OBU in the early nineties and moved to Moscow, as you do, uh, mm-hmm. to to basically uh, start business ventures. It was basically learning how to do uh, impact with income. How do you use, how do you build a business with, for a platform for good? And we did, we started an economic school, still the largest private school in Russia. I'm no longer involved in it. Um, started a marketing company, an accounting training business, and all those were sold later. So, um, yeah, just, you know, a really, really fun um, background. I'm an only child and uh, my parents are my best friends. So we just have a really, had a really good upbringing, but it was a really hardworking upbringing on the farm. My parents, my mom had flower shops. So we were always working, doing something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you play any sports growing up? Uh, I was a golfer. Uh, I got, I, I was really good until in, in football and baseball until you, until I stopped growing, you know, that doesn't help. <laughs> and, uh, a guy, yeah, a good friend of mine, 
knocked me out. Uh, Darian Gordon, he went on to be set records, um, five Super Bowl rings, and he knocked me out of. So I went from football to golf, which is really helpful now because I work. You know, golf is mainly mental, mm-hmm. so I do a lot of mental performance work uh, with you know college teams and uh, speaking and such. So it was really good. Yeah, knocked you straight out of football into golf. So that's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about your parents being, you know, some of your best friends to this day. So what what were the things that you look back on from from them that you really admire and respect about what they taught you just by watching and maybe even by what they just told you? Yeah. So my mom always had an attitude of um, uh, smile even if it hurts, and that was always something I remembered and watching her deal with, you know finicky customers at a flower shop. My dad always had this phrase, you know, do it right the first time. That was the phrase, do it right the first time, do it right the first time. And now I value that, right? It's like, yeah, do the extra hard work so you don't have to go back and redo it. It just makes so much sense. So growing up in a very uh, logical family and a very hardworking family, we just, um, you just, it was the grind and you just, did it and he didn't really argue and 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 i actually it, probably until i was 14 i didn't appreciate it and i i made a decision i'll never forget i made a decision one morning i'm gonna enjoy this summer of wheat harvest and it <laughs> changed everything you know and so now uh that family farm is 104 years old and i'm an only child and so uh, my dad i'm not gonna farm it so we're converting it to a wedding venue and uh pretty excited about the farmstead uh, in Ecotuskey, Oklahoma, which is just outside of Shawnee. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a great way to carry on the farm tradition within the family. So very cool. Well, you talked, you went to OBU for college. How did you wind up at OBU and Shawnee? Uh, friendships. Um, you know, I was going to Oklahoma State and then all my friends decided to go to OBU. And so I just kind of followed my friends. And I had a professor there, John Cragen was his name. He was the first guy that kind of taught me how to use business as my platform for good. And that he took me to Asia for a term. And then we um, got to see the world. I've been to Europe. I had always wanted to go overseas. And so when I had the opportunity for Russia, you know, I jumped at it. And since then, you know, we've lived in London for a few years. I've lived in Atlanta for a number of years. But um, my dad, one little phrase, especially if your audience is younger, for those listening, if you're in your 20s or early 30s, he always said, it's not in your 20s, early 30s, it's not what you do that's most important. It's who you work for that's most important because uh, you'll learn from them. It's like Bailey, like you following and learning from coaches. Like you experience them and you, you, know, you work with them. So you're just, you're picking up and observing and I did that. I, I came back from Russia and ended up working uh, for a, a company called Jack's. The, company, the owner was Kent Humphreys. And Kent Humphreys was just an amazing builder of leaders. And I got to be one of those. And I was vice president of marketing eventually and started to grow that business and work in, in that business. And it was just uh, very, very uh, foundational for me uh, to have that experience. A lot of people will choose money early and then they choose money and they don't think about who they're working for. They don't realize that that person that they're working for who's a horrible leader is actually robbing them or taking their soul and they're trading short-term money 
Uh, but over the long haul, most of those friends I had, they were burnt out. They were miserable. You know, stress levels were high. Yeah. And uh, I chose the opposite. And uh, and then eventually, money comes with it. You know, if you if you pour yourself into something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love I love what you said there because it is really important to find people and leaders that you can learn from because it's like the law of compounding interest. You get a chance to be around people that are much older and wiser or even similar in age, but just people that are wise that have great things to teach you and you get a chance to be around that is very important. Was that something that you just did naturally or was it something that was innate that to know about from people around you or how did you kind of grasp onto that? So I had a, I had a guy, uh, his name is Hans Stillback and he was my youth minister and he literally apprenticed me and discipled me. And like, I got to watch him pour into me week after week after week after week. And then he basically just said, all right, I'm going to get you ready and turn you loose. And you're going to do that for someone else. And so then I learned the, I learned what apprenticeship looked like. I, I learned what, what that means to actually take people and help grow them. And so then I started seeking out people who could pour into me and I've had, you know, probably six, seven unbelievable mentors over my 50 years of, of life. And then another five or six that were really pivotal for the short season. And so then that's what I do. You know, it's like, uh, pay it forward. Uh, um, I, I believe I'm a big believer in understanding your identity and your wiring and then getting into your superpowers and knowing what you're good at, then activating and activation is like, Hey, this is my purpose. This is what I'm good at. And like killing it. And then multiplying as much a magic you can to everyone that that's around you to get them to the next level. So that's just the way I live my life. And so then I built businesses around that. And so now, well, you know, I, I train leaders and we're in 115 countries and, um, and we work in some of the largest companies and organizations because of that system, that machine of apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Well, touching on a little bit of what you said about learning about who you are and your natural makeup, how do, how do people go about finding what it is that maybe makes them tick or the, the skills and the abilities and the talents that we have uniquely and intrinsically within us? Because sometimes it's very easy to get in something just because it's seems like a trajectory uh, work-wise for money or for status or a place that seems acceptable within the world instead of focusing on who we are. So by nature, there's uh, nature is how, how you're made, what you're wiring at your, you know, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? So I, I'm a big believer in just knowing and understanding the mental makeup, emotional makeup, the DNA of who you are. And, um, you know, for us, we built the five voices. So the five voices is a system that helps people figure out what their leadership voice is, what their personality and wiring is. It was based off of Jungian typology that came from Myers-Briggs to nerd out a little bit that Myers-Briggs took. Actually, we use that same source code of Jungian typology and we created the five voices. So it, it really is uh, innate to go, huh? Yeah, I am an extrovert. I am a future thinker. I am a feeler and I'm more spontaneous. Yeah, that is truly who I am. But I've been playing this other guy on TV. And so what happens is I just had this with a football coach. I'm helping a coach understand his wiring and step into it with confidence and to become secure and confident and, and humble. And for me, it was just the, the journey started with combination of that with a combination of like 
all right, who am I, God? You know, what's my makeup and wiring? And a combination of spiritual and mental gave me a really, really strong, um, um, you know, just a really strong foundation uh, that I could build on. And then once I'm there, then I know what my superpowers are. I'm an encourager. Uh, I create content. I'm a content builder. I create things to help other people scale. Um, so I, I build businesses. I'm an entrepreneur. And so I, you know, once you know that, then you can get really comfortable. But to look for all of you listening and for you, Bailey, the big aha for around this is I believe that most influence happens between the ages of 55 and 70. Those are the most influential years of your life. 55 to 70, you can even say 72. And so therefore you subtract 55 from your current age. How, how many years would that be? What's 55 minus what? How old are you? Minus 30. So it'd be 25 for me. So, so you have 25 years of preparation. Hmm. So you have 25 more years to really figure out your identity and get your superpowers and practice with it. And, and, uh, because it'll be here really quick. I'm 51 next week. And so I have five more years of prep preparation for um 15 year run of, you know, or more of influence. And it's not like I'm not influencing now, <laughs> but it is, it's like a freedom to play, truly play free. My kids will all be out of college. You have more influence. You're building things. So that's my, that's my rambling. Yeah, no, I, and I love that because it is, when you think of something from that perspective, um, you're not as pressed on, oh, I need to do this by this time or this, this age. And I think there is sometimes pressure for people, no matter what stage in life, they feel like maybe if they get older, they can't do it anymore because they don't have enough time. Or if you're early on in your career and your friends are doing different things, you might think, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not where they are. But it's all built around the idea of comparison when in turn, what you said is understanding who you are and the way God made you and not comparing anything else to that, but comparing it to who and what God has given you. So I, I love that. And I think uh, that perspective on that 55 to 72 is a, a great way to kind of reframe the way you think about that. So I love yeah. that. I think it's great. Do you feel like going to Russia, was that an experience that you obviously got to go somewhere very different from Oklahoma and on the farm and that kind of, foreshadowed into your life as you moved around and traveled and got to experience new things. But you know, what, what was that 100%. like? I'm, and, and... I'm trying to convince my youngest, she's a junior. I'm trying to convince her to go big, just go. I don't mean just go to Europe for a month, but I mean like go do something somewhere because you get perspective. Like, so, you know, right now uh, I have a completely different perspective of what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine than most people would. Now, just so everyone knows, like, I think, I completely believe that um, Russia is dominating and Putin is a dominating leader and autocrat. Uh, but I also understand their um, the way they think and the way they think about um, the world. Mm -hmm. And they think they're preserving and they think that they're protecting. Um, so it's a different view because you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. I don't agree with it, mm -hmm. but I, I can I know where they're coming from, from the history because they had Napoleon and Hitler run through Poland and about kill and sack their country. Yeah. So they're trying to protect themselves in a, in a crazy way. Uh, again, I don't agree with it, but I see it. So for me, 
uh, Russia gave me the chance. Like I lived above a mafia group. Uh, we had, I, I was involved in seven, eight really close calls with either being beat up or shot or killed. Uh, I was stuck in a coup attempt for three days uh, with uh, my business partners. We were being shot. There 150 people were killed in our three block radius. Hmm. Um, you know, I got to, um, exp- so just crazy. I got to experience, I had a, my first client, was he was assassinated. Paul Tatum was killed and, you know, I, I knew who did it. And so just like at 21 years old, you, you get, it just happens faster. So it gave me a perspective. And I came back to Oklahoma because my father-in-law was in the Oklahoma city bombing. He survived, but lost most of his staff. And so hmm. it, I came back to that, like, yeah, I'm thinking bigger. And I had a hard time in Oklahoma because I, it's it was not the most future oriented or most global oriented location, so it's hard. Um, and which we'll get into. I have the peace index, which actually can personify why we made certain decisions. But it definitely sped my career along. Yes, absolutely. Well, we can go ahead and dive right into the peace index because it's it's something that's coming out and it's very important, especially in today's day and age when. Uh, there's many things that can definitely rob us of our peace. Uh, there's definitely things that keep us focused on worry and maybe scarcity. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about your new book, The Peace Index, and and why you wrote it and then what it's about. Yeah, so uh, first I had the reason I wrote it. I, I've been teaching this tool for eight years. My business partner, Steve Cochran, and I developed the tool. Uh, and, and, you know, and when we were living in London, uh, but the publisher said, okay, we think there's a need for peace. Can you write that peace thing you do? Uh, and they said, this was April 26th. They go, but we need it by May 31st. <laughs> yeah, this is, and that's I'm pretty like, quick turnaround. Uh, <laughs> and I write all my books. I don't have any ghostwriters. So I was like, uh, let me see what we can do. And so anyway, long story short, I said, yes. And I did it. I just took, um, I, I took, I wrote it in 18 days. And it was, um, it's really, really good. It's been in me. I mean, it's something I teach all the time. But the idea is, how do you help people mature and develop inner peace when there is no external peace? And how do you conquer chaos and not allow chaos to conquer you? So I created the, the Peace Index book. And then the book basically helps people to figure out first what, what, level of peace they're currently in and the idea is that every person has a number over their head so all of you listening there's a number right over your head it says 82 74 68 whatever it is and that number changes up and 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 down based on what happened in to your child or your job or your boss or your view of covid or your you know whatever the global or the local drama is and so for me I, that was the aha and so i um i'm like oh my goodness what if what if you can help people figure out where they're off and why they're off then they can control the controllable so i just spoke to the governor um this morning and, and his staff and most of them in their 20s and a lot of staff members and i was explaining to them i go okay the first one is purpose how do you feel one through a hundred about who you are and what you're doing right now uh, the next one was um, people, the people in your life. How 
how good do you feel about the peace level of the people in your life? And then the third was place. And then we got to personal health and we got to provision. And place was really high. There was a lot of like, I'm sorry, really low. Um, it was a, a major issue. Um, and I'm like, huh. And these make sense in your 20s. You might be shifting around roommate situations. So it's place and people. And so, but it just gives them a perspective of like, huh, yeah. So if I said um, to you, hey, Bailey, how are you? And you're like, yeah, man, I'm good. Or yeah, I've been better. And I go, oh, I'm sorry about that. Wish you well. Yeah. <laughs> then I don't know what to do with that, right? But uh -huh. if I go, hey Bailey, where's your peace index? So, uh, so let's just play. Put you on, put you on the spot. Okay, I, I'm gonna say you don't have to give all. Well, let's no, let's go ahead. I want you to give me a quick number. Okay. For each one of these, 100 is the highest. Okay. How good do you feel about your purpose right now? With what you're doing, and who you are. How much is that aligned? Give me a number, one through 100. Hmm. It's a 82. Guess, so. 82. There you go. There you go. Easy. People. These are the top 10 or so people in your life. How good do you feel about the dynamics right now? 90, 99 to 100. Wow. Come on. There you go. 99. Uh, let's go into place. How good do you feel about your your house, your your backyard, your room, your whatever, but the community and where you're living right now and your office, all of it combined? Mm, uh 86. All right. How about personal health? Mind, body, spirit? Uh, 83. And then the last one is your provision. Put me on the spot here. But this is what your earnings. Do you, it's not what you want, but it's what you need. Mm. How much do you have? Do you have enough? Do you have enough to cover what you're actually doing? What level would you say? Um, you know, 90. 91. 91. All right. So then divide by five and you're at 88.2. Okay. So you're at 88 is above your head right now. So now that can go down next week. Sure. It can go down. But the goal would be if you can get to the point, the peace index helps you to manage your emotions hmm. so that others don't have to manage your emotions. And it helps you figure out where you're off and why you're off. And so um, I created a system for me, most everything we build is like, we're dealing with these issues. I'm sure someone else is too. And so that's what we built, the peace index. And that's just a small smattering. There's so many assessments and details on each one of those categories. How do you find your purpose? How do you actually deal with people? How do you keep people's lack of peace? How do you, how do you make sure that others lack of peace doesn't affect your level of peace? Mm. Um, place well how do you change uh personal health how do you trade up provision what do you really need versus what do you want so it's it's giving people some really meaty um topics and, and kind of ways to deal with those things yes and that's so great because it's a tangible thing you can sit there and you can think about it you talked about your environment your place yep. uh, provision all those things are elements of what that number looks like and then when you can think about that number and where it is Oh, how can I improve upon that? Or, you know, what are areas that uh, need some more work than others? And I think yeah. having that ability to be able to think of a number just puts it in a very tangible format for people to comprehend and understand. And then you touched, uh, touched a little bit on, on a, a peace plan. I've heard you talk about it, but how do you go about developing a peace plan to make sure you're, you're implementing that effectively? 
Yeah. So for me, I do things um, like, so I've been running businesses for a long time and I have currently have seven different organizations that I'm uh, the founder of and ever started. I have CEOs or partners running them or I'm partnering with them. So I have three tech companies who have uh, some real estate companies. Um, I've got my own publishing work. I've got our leadership brand. Uh, so those are just examples. Look at this wedding venue. Um, so peace sometimes can be hard because I, I create situations where there could be lack of peace. <laughs> so I had to create a way to manage my emotions. And what I do every morning, I do a call up exercise every single morning. And literally I like wake myself up, look in the mirror and like, Hey dude, Hey, Oh, there you are. Okay. Come on. And then I go get my workout gear or today I went on a kind of walk jog kind of thing. And, um, I then talk to myself and I, what I do, and I have a spiritual part of me too. So for those listening, just know that's part of it. But Mm -hmm. I start with myself of like, hey, man, you're remember, you're a liberator, you're a freedom fighter, you are, um, you know, you give life to people. Remember, like I'm calling myself up into my position and you're really gifted at and I tell myself what I'm gifted at, which sounds cheesy, but it's like, no, it, I'm reminding myself of my powers and my superpowers that are God given. And then I go and God, thank you, because and I tell him who he is to me and I kind of have these cool moments waking myself up and then when i go to the shower then i i do a slow prayer it's called the person of peace prayer and god bring me the people you want me to serve keep me away from those you don't and then i think about the people that i'm serving that day i may pray over may think about them am i ready and i'm just getting in gear so the time i'm dressed i have called myself up got my superpowers on thought about the people i'm helping that day and then I'm um, ready to go. Now I go do my deal all, all day. And then at 5.30 every day, so it'll happen here in a bit, a couple hours, um, my watch will go off. My alarm will say examine. Mm -hmm. And I do the examine. And examine is an old technique. Um, but it, I, I've modified it to three things. I, I'm grateful. I make a list in my head. I'm, usually I'm driving. So I'm like, what am I grateful for today? Well, I'm really thankful for the you know, that meeting with so-and-so. I'm really thankful for the opportunity to help, blah, blah, blah. Two or three things. Sometimes I'll text somebody. A lot of times I'll just think about it. And then I get into, where was I off today? Is there any area that I was off? And I've already got one teed up as I say that. I have one area that happened this morning. And I'm like, yeah, that was a really random little negative thing. Why did I let that affect me? And the idea is so far as it depends on me not blaming other people. Mm. And, and so what happens is I start exploring. And for the most part, the most of the reasons I'm frustrated has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me. And what am I trying to prove? Or what am I trying to hide? Or what am I afraid of losing? And it's really, really fascinating. And so I just... Um, I, I do this this exercise and it, it works. And then the last thing I do is I I look at my calendar for the next day and I just prepare for it. anything I need to do tonight. Am I good practically? And then I pr pray over it. Anything I want for them. And so by doing that, what what happens is I'm totally at peace by the end of that night. And so then I don't let. Um, in the past, I would let things affect me. And then I would let it be the straw that broke the camel's back. And 10 days later, I would blow up 
now I just do it every single day. And it's just called keeping the peace. And I've learned how to create a peace plan for me every day. And then as I go to bed, I do one last thing. It's called rest in peace sleep. I just kind of put a theme over me and go, all right. Sometimes it's like eradicate negativity. You're not going to be negative towards stone. So sometimes it's like today's was uh, expect joy. Just wake up and expect. So when I wake up in the morning, I try to remember the theme. So I'm basically planting a seed for the next day. And I woke up, I'm like, oh, yeah, expect joy. So I expected joy because I planted the seed the night before. Yes, I love that. There's there's so much in what you just said. But one thing that sticks out to me is you're just a tremendous amount of high level of intention within your schedule. You're setting you're setting things aside. So you have a reminder on your watch to sit there yep. and, and think about those three things you talked about. And then you're thinking of people. You're thinking of um, things within your schedule to prepare for the next day. Because I think a lot of time uh, we're very reactive to what comes at us. And I think there's times where we have to. Obviously, there's everyone knows about being proactive more than reactive. But at the same time, when you can be proactive and, and prepare like you're talking about, it gives you a tremendous amount more of confidence to move into the day uh, and do more of what you are designed to do, like you, you talked about. And real quickly, since we're already on the Peace Index topic and the Peace Plan, one thing I wanted to ask, what just came, came to mind is how can you implement this with your family to make your family yeah. more effective with that? Well, so one, you, it's a simple tool. You can teach the tool and have the conversation. It's way better than going, how are you? So mm -hmm. I do it with my kids for date nights or my wife. I'll just go, hey, where's your peace index? We just go through it. It's a yeah. great, easy, well, I'm feeling pretty good about place. Or I'm, and sometimes just switch it up. Like, which one's lowest today? And that's all we talk about. Or remind me, what do you think, what do you think your driver is? Purpose. Oh, so is it high or low? And so then, then it's just really good dialogue. Um, if you want anyone listening, there is a link that you can take the peace index. Sometimes people like to take the questions to go in deeper. Mm -hmm. You can be just subjective or very objective. And it's at the peaceindexbook.com. So thepeaceindexbook.com. You can go take the assessment for free. And so that would be a, a cool tool for those who want to go deeper and kind of understand it. And then you, you could send that link to your spouse. And then it, it creates a really cool dialogue as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Send it to your spouse on a good day when you're not the one who's disrupted <laughs> the peace. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Well, I love that because it's so effective, not just individually, but collectively with your family, with your team, with your business, whatever it is, because we all have these things coming at us every single day that disrupt the peace. So this is a great tool to be able to realign and, and have a sense of peace about what you're doing each and every day. So I love that. Yeah, because think about it, Bailey. I mean, if, if you think about peace, most people are, most people don't leave organizations as much as they leave bosses. Mm. And then in, the, in their work setting, if they're not at peace, they'll cause drama to everyone else. Well, sometimes yeah. that peace is coming from outside. So that number over their head is coming from a neighbor or a roommate or a sick child or their own health issues and they never, they never tell anyone. So it is, it's good language to give objective, um, some, some work that you can solve. It's, it's solvable in most cases. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things too, in a book that you had written prior to the hundred X leader, you had, there's a little quote that I had found that I, I wanted to kind of touch on that kind of relates to this. And it's, it's just, um, 
the secret to freedom is courage. And so how important is courage? Because when you understand these things about yourself, how important is courage to stepping into that and stepping out into that? Yeah, um, the the idea is that um, when there's a lack of peace, um, people tend to run away from storms. They run away from waves. So a couple of analogies. Uh, the best way to deal with a wave that's about to crash on you is to swim towards it and duck dive through it. Mm-hmm. You're going to get wet, but it, you're going to come out the other side faster. But if you try to run away from a crashing wave, you're going to get swept up in it. Uh, another way we just actually spoke um, to the team, to the OU football team today was um, the difference between bison and a, a cattle in a storm. Bison run towards the storm, cattle run away from it. The cattle are in it twice as long. <laughs> yeah. The bison just go through it and they're in it half as long. So same concept. It's like um, when there's an issue, run towards it. But you have to identify what it is first. Uh, there's too much general whining that goes on with most people. Generally frustrated. Ah, I wish gosh it just every time everything and it's like a negative umbrella over people when or a cloud it's like no actually specific dissatisfaction can lead to a natural next step i'm really frustrated at this okay we'll make a list what is it why is it control the controllables what can you control and you find out you can control way more than you thought you could Mm -hmm. i love that and you know, it's so often that we tend to find ourselves like the cow or running from the wave with a bunch of sand in our face. But if you can reframe your mind and train yourself to run into the problems, but also identify it, like you had mentioned, it makes uh, running into those things way more effective than it is to run away. And so I think sure. that's a powerful analogy and example real quickly, because you, you have a great background on entrepreneurship. You've done a lot of different companies. Um, you led you, you came back to Oklahoma and worked in Oklahoma, and then you went and led the John Maxwell companies and the Catalyst Leader Conference. What are experiences like that? How did they shape you? And what did you learn in those experiences um, that enabled well, you to get to where you are today? Yeah, well, you actually bought, I bought John Maxwell's companies with the investor group and uh, merged them into Giant. And, you know, a one, it's acquisitions. When you think you're buying something, you usually you don't know what you're really buying. <laughs> Acquisitions are tricky. <laughs> so um, then that was 2008 and nine, seven, eight, nine. That was a recession. And so, um, you know, Dave, the answer to your question, I had a big vision and I thought if I acquired it, this, it would let me get there faster. Mm-hmm. What I found was I spent so much time fixing their old issues that I could have gotten there faster. Uh, if I had spent seven, eight years just doing what I've done. So I started all over. I sold all of that because I didn't think I could take those platforms, big events, 20th century books and, and learning styles of underlined words, CD-ROMs, you know, all the, the stuff that was 20th century. And I realized, no, 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 I'm gonna have to start all over. So I sold all of it, moved to London, and we started over and I just watched really, I just mimicked Jesus style of apprenticeship. Hmm. And I watched that what I had been doing was a Greek 
this is philosophic here, but I was doing a Greek system that most churches are doing on most big, get a big facilities and try to fill them up with as many people and espouse knowledge on those people. And I realized actually people have to live it. It's not just knowledge because knowledge will puff up. You actually have to uh, learn the information, imitate, and that's the key imitation, then innovate. And so we just started all over, Steve and I, with the two of us, built tools, all the things we had learned. We're like, okay, well, we're going to grow team leaders, but we're going to grow them. You have to be with us, learn from us. We're going to work. So it wasn't just I read a book. I actually lived it, process it. So it's a lifestyle that you're doing. And that's ultimately what we started doing with people is building uh, lifestyles of liberation and leading at a different level. And then they started to join us and then they start to, you know, and, and then we had six and then 12. And then, so now we have 800 and uh, over 850 consultants and coaches that are uh, certified to do giant. And that's what our business is. We certify people to liberate people. And then we have a whole nother group of people that are called catalysts. And these are people inside companies and they're like, they're certified and it's, it's, it's nothing. It's two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars a month. It's nothing to do, to be a part of it. So we tried to say, look, let's take cost out of it. Let's take uh, time out of it. Let's any excuse. Let's work. And we started to build it, and it just works. And so now we're in Google, Microsoft. Uh, just uh, just starting with Adobe. I got a call from Lockheed Martin last night. Hmm. A leader from Lockheed Martin. We're you know Pfizer, Biogen, blah 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 all these companies, but it's like a, it's just a different, um, it's a different way to do business. So I, the way I do business is I think about who's my customer, walk them out on their shoes, doing it to others as they would want done. And then I train up team members and we just create a really great value and we just overserve, and that and it just leads to referral after referral after referral because people are like, I want what you have. So the the secret to what we do is you have to live what we preach. I mean, you, you can't give what you don't possess. So you actually have to have self-awareness and you actually have to to do the work of keeping the peace every day. And, Bummer. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and I love that because you guys have done such a great job of also leveraging technology to be able to serve more people, right? And doing that Absolutely. across so many different platforms all over the world, not just yeah. in Oklahoma, not in the United States, but all over the world. I think we are, and I can't find any others. I've been looking, but I think we're the only SaaS, like leadership company, SaaS, you know, software as a service, subscription model, leadership brand out there. Um, and so it's fun, you know, and it's fun to be innovators. And But we're we're doing it. It's almost like ahead of its time. We have been. And we're just now, everyone's like, oh, that's what you were doing. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. And we're creating systems for leader development that actually works and can actually scale. Mm -hmm. And scalability is always the issue. How do you transfer wisdom and knowledge into people? And uh, so anyway, I'm rambling now. No, yeah, but that's that's a great point. And as you, you know, if you have your own business or you're starting your own business, being able to think like that and also serve people in the way you talked about is really important. And I know uh, I want to honor your time and get out of here on time. Yeah, but no, we're good. 
one of the things that I'd love to touch on real quickly as we kind of dive into faith and family a little bit is just you had an experience, I believe, in Mexico. Is that correct? Where you yep. you uh, yeah. literally died, correct? Yeah. Would you talk uh-huh. a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird statement. So this is a the ghost tw- right here. <laughs> this is the 20th uh, year anniversary of that. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the short and sweet is we were stuck in Mexico in a car in a taxi trying to get to our hotel and I just watched a movie signs by Mel Gibson and he had lost his wife in the movie. And so I said to God, God, if anything happened to Kelly, I don't want to be like Mel Gibson or my kids or me, anything happens to me, I'll trust you. And, um, as soon as I said that, uh, one second later, a drunk driver ran through my wife screams. I look and he hit right into me and crushed me, pushed me into the side of the car. Uh, seven intestines paralyzed in the waist down, uh, nine broken ribs, bruised every organ, sternum popped out maybe 10 inches. Mm. Uh, I was crushed. And uh, so about 20 minutes in, I'm like, well, first I said, hey, we just talked about this. Okay, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> like literally, rationally, I was like, okay, well, we just talked about it, but I'm screaming on the outside. Mm. And on the inside, it was I was pretty stable. It was really weird. And so... I didn't go to um, this place of like, I'm not going to make it. Huh. I was 30. I was 30. uh, Yeah. Well, 31 years old. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. So I realized I'm going to die in Mexico. I never thought I would die in Mexico. Weird. So I said, (laughs) God, was I your man? Was I a good husband? Was I a good dad? And he shows me my life. I got to see my life flash before my eyes. It was pretty cool. And all, he answered all these questions. And then I look up at Kelly with, I couldn't talk, couldn't breathe hardly at all. And I look mm-hmm. at her shaking my head and she goes, I know, I know she knew I was dying. And she goes, I know, I want you to know you're God's man. You're a good husband. You're a great dad. And I'm like, did you just say that? And I uh, literally breathed my last breath and was gone, floated by the car. She thinks I was gone four, four and a half minutes. So, you know, just crazy. And uh, obviously I'm here. I'm not paralyzed. Uh, there was a number of miracles, a number of things that took place, which we don't have time for on our podcast today. Yeah. But it was, uh, it changed. It gave me the the view of like, hey, I had my first chance to live. This is my second chance to live. So uh, I, got, I, don't, I don't have anything to prove. I have nothing to lose nothing to hide um go love people go build things go create go who says we can't which is one of the reasons we moved back to oklahoma was because we had lived in atlanta which was really a not an entrepreneurial culture the south the southeast was not that strong of an entrepreneurial culture versus other places we've been or lived even though i love atlanta and the people it's just was not what Oklahoma was. And then we went to London and it's a caste system. It's like, who's your daddy? Yeah. So <laughs> what are you, and you can only do what your family right, has done. So for us to move back to Oklahoma allowed us to go, yeah, like I can, I'm one phone call away from anyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just decided we're going to build a neighborhood, 50 acres and 20 houses. And yeah, we're going to build a wedding venue. Who says we can't? Yeah. And we're launching tech companies from Oklahoma, which is not, 
you know, you know, we're just launching billion billion.me and it's a website builder. It's a better, we built Squarespace. It's a better mousetrap than Squarespace. Hmm. And it's like, who says we can't? And uh, that's what I love about the culture of Oklahoma. Yeah. And what you just said right there, who says we can't, that is such a powerful statement. If you ask yourself who says I can't, or who says you can't just go and do it. Uh, but that experience that you talked about is uh, absolutely incredible. I know I wish we had more time to talk about, but I definitely wanted to touch on that and how that shifted yeah. your perspective because it's such a, a powerful story. So as we wind down here, I've got a little fire round for you. So I'll say a sentence and you can finish with a word or sentence, however you feel led. Okay. Great. You can do anything if. Uh, you you know, you it, it's going to be trite. You can do anything if you believe actually is true. There is an element of belief and faith that gets Throw, it, it, people call it charismania, Pentecostalism, whatever. I, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, it's bigger than that. There is a belief and believing is a, a superpower. Mm -hmm. Peace comes from? Um, you know, for me, Jesus is peace. Uh, if I take it further, uh, peace comes from trust. Favorite vacation spot? Uh, well, let's just, uh, I'm going to have some people the maldives we went to the maldives uh my wife and i went we lived in london and it was like gilligan's island it was <laughs> unbelievable except we could get off <laughs> okay i love that that's awesome haven't been there yet that's that's a goal service is um service is uh fighting service is fighting for the highest possible good of the other person mm -hmm. most people think service is uh, just wiping up, you know, or actually service is fighting for them. That's great. It all comes down to. It all comes down to um, your ability to be secure, confident, and humble. That's great. We're done with the fire round. The final two questions I have for you, is there a certain piece of best advice you've ever received? And what would that be? Yeah, well, again, I'll reiterate what my dad said. It's not what you do in your 20s or 30s. It's who you work for. Find the person you want to work for, and you'll grow 10 times faster um, than if you just choose, you know, some job for the money. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic advice. Well, the final question I have for you is this podcast is called Building Excellence. What does building excellence mean to you? Um, You know, yeah, here we go. The answer is building excellence is really building lasting, anything that lasts. Because if something lasts, it means it was built well, typically. Things that don't last long weren't built well. So do it right the first time, build something that lasts. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing uh, the Peace Index and the perspective of that. Definitely want people to go and buy that when it comes out, I think October 4th, I believe. Not yeah, only that, it's, it's out now. Yeah. It's, it's out now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely, yeah, buy that. And then also you've got a, a lot of other books. Uh, you can check out your website at giant.com. Uh, is that correct? Giantworldwide.com. Giantworldwide.com. What are other yeah. best ways to yeah, kind of follow the, you? Probably the best way is the peaceindexbook.com because it takes you to my author page as well. You can do bulk buys if you're a team. Um, so the, the peaceindexbook.com gives you an assessment and links and all that. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. 
You're the man. Appreciate yep. you. Hey everyone, it's Bailey Miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show. And if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review, or leaving a five-star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.